Good morning. Thank you, worship team. As usual, that was just amazing, just beautiful. You know, it's always encouraging when um, you have this topic and the guys share in the breaking of bread and three, the three men shared about some of the things I'm touching on and then Jeff's prayer uh, shared another section. So that is really encouraging. It makes you feel like you're, you're on the right track. Let's just open in a, in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. Thank you for this beautiful music, Lord, and we do love you. And as we study your word today, I pray it's a, uh, a blessing and it does honor you. We pray for, there's so many not here today, and we pray for them, for their health and uh, recovery from Debbie's surgery, and just be with them today. And, Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so I gotta ha give you a little background on this one. Three months ago, I hurt my left shoulder. I think I was putting up a heavy bike on a, a ceiling hook. And I went through the tons of Advil, ice, and it, tough to sleep. When you lay down with the sore shoulder, it kind of throbs. So a couple weeks ago, I, I went to the doctor she ordered an x-ray, I've had those before, and it shows, you know, you see the snow in the x-ray, which they point out is arthritis, and many of us, us have that. Uh, so then she sent me to a shoulder specialist. I like this guy too, because he was the orthopedic surgeon for the Colorado Rockies, so we had some good stories about baseball players, and he ordered an MRI, I took that, and I saw the findings, and then a few days later, I went in and he explained them to me. And I have two tears. I thought I might have had a tear, that's why I wanted an MRI, but it wasn't. I have two tears, and uh, some of the bones are causing impingement, and I have a lot of inflammation. And then he told me the three words that nobody really likes to hear. He said, well, at your age, if we gave an MRI to half the people in this hospital, half the people would have tears too. So he just recommended uh, rest, the usual rotator cuff exercises. And uh, he said, no surgery needed. I like that because I've had that on a tendon that broke. And that is, takes about a year to recover. And he said, uh, Keep playing the sports. That was music to my ears, because you can you can be down here with a bad shoulder. But it just said, watch the overhead stuff. Uh, and he said, make sure you keep it moving. That's why I liked him. Said he said, stay active, and because the worst thing for a shoulder is if if you let it sit, it can turn into um, a frozen shoulder, which is really bad. So it's like our Christian life. It's so important to keep moving, keep pressing on, and not to be static or stagnant. And when I think, saw my x-ray and I was reading about this stuff, it reminded me so much of the vision in Ezekiel 37, which Joel was right in that area too today, about the valley of dry bones coming to life. It's a vision of the reunification and restoration of Israel's two kingdoms, Judah and Israel. And they're gonna be under one king, the Messiah, who would reign over them. They would be saved and restored. 
So without going into the weeds on this one, and I don't want to get out over my skis, that's all I'm going to say about that. We know the prophecy was fulfilled, but I was thinking about more about our bones. Are they alive, or are we stagnant and dead? Are our bones brimming with marrow and full of life? So let's just read some of the vision, the first six verses. In Ezekiel 37, the hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to those bones. I will make breath unto you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. What promises? And what's the first thing the Lord said to the people? It's something the most important that we all must do and obey. He said, hear the word of the Lord. We want to listen to it, hear it, and accept it and apply it to our lives. That's how we get saved, taking those steps. He says, I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. And the Lord certainly did all this when we got saved. We heard the word, took hold of it, accepted it. Following the word that says, he who has ears, let them hear. Amen. And then he says, I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. There's unlimited power in the word of God and the breath of his mouth. As demonstrated in Psalm 33, 6. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He made the universe just by speaking. It's just incredible. And look at these transformations. He rescued us from a dark, sinful life with no hope, no future, and brought us into his kingdom, a kingdom of light and joy. The Apostle Paul, he wasn't really at a loss for words. He wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. But in 2 Corinthians, he writes of his putting in the third heaven, he said he heard inexpressible things when he got a glimpse of the third heaven. It was so incredible, he didn't know what to say. And Joel touched on some of that this morning as well, and Rick too. The word is Jesus Christ. He became flesh. He dwelt among sinners. He died on the cross and gave everyone the opportunity by hearing, believing, and accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior to be saved and confessing their sins. He gave us a brand new life, a life with a purpose. He saved us from an eternity in hell to an eternity in heaven. 
we went from the dominion of Satan to the dominion of Christ. Amen. Transformed from spiritually dead to alive in Christ, like he did with those bones. And the verse that sums it up, we're very familiar with it, is Colossians 1, 13 and 14. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. What transformation, those four steps. And all of our sins are forgiven, not just a portion of them. We sing that song, which is true. He lifted the burdens of those sins on Calvary. Burdens are lifted at Calvary. What a refreshing thing to think about. We remember those sins. We can't forget them, but they're all forgiven. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. And then he attached to the bones. I will attach and make flesh come to you and cover you with skin. I will put breath into you and you will come to life. By attaching tendons and flesh and new skin in this vision, he makes us a new creation. I will put breath in you and you will come to life from death to life. That's incredible. And that's why we're here today that we talked about in the worship service, to praise him. Continuing in his, the vision in 37, 7 to 10 and 14, it said, so I prophesied as I was commanded and I was prophesying. There was a noise, a rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what sovereign Lord says, come breathe from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. I will put my spirit in you and you will live. I will settle in you. I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. What, what a miracle. And as Jeff prayed today, and once saved, he gives us the living water. John 14, 4 says, 4, 14, but whoever drinks of the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Those dry bones were made, living people full of life, made to stand up like a vast army, he says, like we can be when we are rejuvenated, revived by the Lord. We can, we can be a vast army like that. He brought the dry bones to life with the word, which is God, the Holy Spirit, which is the living water. Friend, from that water, we'll never thirst. Most of us had a cup of coffee in there or something, or a cup of tea. We'll be drinking again something when we get home. This living water, we never thirst again with his, with his living water. And we're equipped, like those bones were, to get up and go serve him. Not just to lay there, but get up like the dry bones. He puts us on our feet so we can walk and serve him. But as you know, over the past 
three years due to the pandemic, we had to stay isolated for a great deal of time. We couldn't fellowship as before, but now COVID cases have dropped and there's procedures in place to prevent it getting as often as before. I know people still get it, but the procedures are there to reduce exposure. And many of us had changed our behaviors completely. Not too many handshaking these days or things like that. Uh, we're trying to reduce the risk. And in scripture, the Holy Spirit is also often returned to as oil. And you know, many were anointed with oil, the kings, the prophets, uh, the priests in Leviticus, oil all, all over the place. Uh, and you know, oil, obviously it reduces friction. So parts don't seize up. You don't put oil in your car, the engine's gonna completely freeze and won't be able to, to run. I'm going to go way back here. Some of you younger people probably don't know this story, but in The Wizard of Oz, remember The Wizard of Oz, anybody? The Tin Man, he was just in the forest. He couldn't move. And Dorothy came up to him and started talking to the Tin Man. And he had an oil can on his head. And she squirted oil into his joints. And then he could move. And he went on the trek to the Emerald City with Dorothy. Complete fact here, useless fat, fact that I have to say when I was reading about this. Remember Beverly Hillbillies? <laughs> Buddy Epson was the original Tin Man, and when they put on that mercury makeup to make him look like a Tin Man, he almost died. He went to the hospital, he was allergic to it. So that's enough of that. <laughs> so, so here we sing at SRVBC, your parents, your parents will know, Kids that have grown up here will know, and the mother and fathers will all know this. We, we sang this when I was a kid in Sydney school. I'm not going to sing it. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning. Give me oil in my lamp, I pray. Give me oil in my lamp, keep me burning, keep me burning till the break of day. We always need that oil of the Holy Spirit and the Lord. What good is a lamp without oil? The, the wick may light, but it'll just go out as soon as the wick expires. It won't have any oil to keep it burning. It reminds me of the, the story of the bridesmaids, the 10 bridesmaids. They're traveling to the wedding to meet the bridegroom. Five of them brought their lamp and plenty of oil. I don't know what the other five were thinking. They didn't bring oil, they brought their lamp. So they're waiting and waiting for the bridegroom. And then the bridegroom comes at a time when they were sleeping. And the, the five that didn't have the oil panicked and went to the other five. So I give me some of your oil. I need it. And they said, no, sorry. We can't share our oil. We only have enough for us. Meaning we have to be ready at all times. One, one point, have our oil, the Lord, in our hearts all the time. And the other one, we have to be ready when he comes, be prepared. These five people were not prepared for the, actually in a case for the rapture, you can't buy your way into heaven, beg or steal your way into heaven. They couldn't borrow the oil from these other people. So we wanna be all ready for the rapture. And if, if anybody's not ready, we need to get saved immediately 
confess our sins and accept him as our, our Lord and Savior. So is anybody creaky today uh, from the isolation or many, many, a little bit stagnant or complacent? We had a long time there where we weren't fellowshipping. Yeah, we watched the meetings sometimes. And even in the meeting, there was nobody in here. But, and you might have been distracted when you were watching it. It's easy to get distracted. Is our, did our prayer life wane? Or are we useful to the Lord right now? Or are we dulled? Uh, there's a verse that says, we must pay close attention to what we have heard so we do not drift away. We're warned about this in Proverbs 1, 32 and 33. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. That is just beautiful. It's a warning and it's an encouragement. As Joel spoke from Ezekiel 36, the oil, the Holy Spirit can give us the power to spring up again and get moving. And once in motion, people can, it's easier to be in motion once you start out in motion. It's hard to get a static at object to move forward. Sylvia used to um, share this in some of her studies. Sometimes people with ministries will get more because they're in a groove and they're going to do more. Sometimes it's harder to get people that don't do anything to get them motivated. In Disneyland, another great place, in front of Space Mountain, there's a five-foot sphere of polished round solid granite, and it sits in a bowl with a little water in it. And it's very heavy, and if it's at rest, it's hard to get the thing going. That's, it's there, so you push on it. So eh, you strain, push on it, it doesn't get going. Sometimes other kids come, and they push on it, and it starts to get going, and then you can get it rolling. Um, it's just an example. Once something is in motion, it's easier to keep moving, just like us. So we want to keep going towards the prize, keep moving, and the prize is God's kingdom. Nobody should be like the dry pile of bones. And second, we want to be effective Christians. And in Second Peter, he writes how to be an effective Christian. In 2 Peter 1.8, if you possess these things, and I'll write down the things that are before, a verse before it, they're <clears throat> goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, and love, which we sang about in increasing measure. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus healed somebody, it was never just stay there and rest. It was like what we're talking about. Get up, walk, stay in motion, and go on. When he healed and forgave the paralyzed man in John 5, 8, Jesus said to him, get up, Pick up your mat and walk. 
three commands, get up. This guy couldn't do any of these things and instantly he can do them all. He had the ability to reach down and pick it up. He could, he could uh, get up in the first place, he was paralyzed and walk completely healed. When he healed a leper in Matthew 8, he told the man, go show yourself to the priest. He always told his people to get up and go and look forward. <clears throat> he does not want any Christians to be idle. In Proverbs, it says, let your eyes look forward, fix your gaze straight ahead, like a racehorse. They have those things on, just straight ahead on your mission, which is Christ. When the Israelites approached the Red Sea with Pharaoh in hot pursuit, in Exodus 14, 15, the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the sons of Israel to go forward. Well, forward was the sea, so that was why they didn't want to go forward. But they obeyed, and they were saved, and the Egyptians were perished. Later, when they had crossed over and were going through the promised land in the wilderness, he went ahead of them, not behind them, ahead of them in the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. And when the cloud moved forward, the pillar of fire moved forward. It says as much in Deuteronomy 1.33, <clears throat> who went ahead of you on your journey in fire by night and in a cloud by day to search out places for you to camp and to show you the way you should go. It never says, I'll be behind you. You guys go ahead. I'll make sure you're safe. He led from the front. He told them always to go forward. He, the cloud never was behind him saying, back up and go the other way, always going forward. Same thing in Joshua, Joshua 6, 7. And he ordered the army advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. Always keep moving forward. That's, that's good instruction for us. So let's be like those bones, get up, be like a vast army, go forward and run with it. Another warning, it says in Proverbs, lazy hands make for poverty, diligent hands make for wealth. There's another one that says, a little slumber and a little sleep just won't hurt you, but it can if that's what we're, we're doing. You get into slumbering, you can slumber all day. Uh, and from the, from the uh, Apostle Paul in Philippians 3, 13 and 14, another similar example. I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forget what lies ahead, what lies behind and reaching forward as to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. He didn't say, take it easy, meander through life. He said, press on. But we know in the Christian life, it's in a lot of ways harder than the unsaved life because you know the devil's going to put obstacles, hardships, setbacks in our path. He wants to defeat us, but we're not going to let him defeat us. We're going to press on. And when you do a bench press, you know, you got that 45 pound barbell with weights on the side and it's a full extension. 
of both arms with a lot of weight and it's pressed, that's what it means. We're always gonna be fighting some kind of weight in the Christian walk. If the devil is not bothering us, that's kind of a danger because he only disturbs people that uh, are following the Lord. He wants us to be defeated. If we're not doing anything for the Lord, he's, he's, not gonna, he's gonna be happy and he'll let us continue that behavior. So we, speaking of forward, remember Peter, last time I was up here, I said he cut the servant's ear off because he wanted to stop God's plan. He was thinking in the moment, which we probably all would have been doing, he wanted to keep Jesus there with him. But he tried to stop the arrest, but thank God the plan went through. Now Peter totally looks forward to the, the rest of the fulfillment of God's plan. In 2 Peter 3, 12 through 14, he, say, he repeats it three times, look forward. As you look forward to the day of God and speed its coming, that day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward again to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. Change of heart for Peter. When he saw what was in store for him, now he's saying, like, bring it on. It's going to be great, which it is for believers. Sherry gave me this poem I just like, it's four verses, I'll just read one that fits in here. <clears throat> there are days when I wake up and my faith is cold and tired and the light feels so dim. It's not like me to just give up. So I bringing you my dry bones, breathe in me again. I need that wind to start blowing. I need these eyes to be opened. I need my heart to keep hoping. So I'm calling out. I need a revival. Feel you moving in my soul. Give me that fire I haven't felt in far too long. Holy Ghost, come awaken. Bring me back when wonder-working power was alive in me. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for this word. We thank you for transforming us for dead, hopeless sinners to having a future in your kingdom, Lord, with you. Praise Lord. I pray, Lord, that anybody who needs this, uh, this message, we all need a, a revival, that we uh, continue to get up and serve you. And uh, we thank you for this blessing today. In Jesus' name, amen.